right, welcome back to Super Bowl edition of Trumbled Ads. Uh, alongside myself, Nate Moyer, your host. We have Brian BG, and we have Mr. Rob Finn. So guys, we're obviously talking about the big game that's coming up. Not not this weekend, but almost this weekend, right? Because it's a full week away from uh, Super Bowl, what is it now, 40, 55, 54? 55, I think. Double 55? nickel. 55? 55? Right, we're going into media week. Yeah. Media week. Um, yeah, so 55, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, guys, let's let's kick it off first with our traditional, what are you drinking? So, Rob, we'll start with you. What are you, what are you drinking over there tonight? Ah, uh, I got one. I believe you gave me this, Nate. It's a Marlowe, and it's, um, it's a stout. It's a 9.9% brewed with honey and maple syrup. Mm. Uh, I like stouts. I'm more of a Guinness drinker. I don't mind some stouts, but this... This is people make fun of Guinness saying it's like motor oil. This tastes as thick like motor oil. This makes Guinness like a light beer. Um, it's good, but it is um, you can taste the alcohol, you can taste everything, all the elements in it. But it's a good for a stout, but it's definitely pretty strong. I think um, I'm hoping I, I kind of remember what my own name is at the end of this podcast. What percentage is that stout? Can you does it say it on the label? It's like almost the nine or a 10. nine point nine. All right, nine point nine. Good, that's a good round number. That, that's yeah. Good. See, we'll see how we'll see how you uh, see how you're doing at the end of this podcast, Brian. What do you got over there? Uh, I've got a Crucial Mass by Counterweight. It's a double IPA, eight percent. So I'm uh, not too far from Finn over there. Uh, quite delicious. One of my favorite local brews from Hamden, Connecticut. Uh, very good stuff over there. Crucial Mass is a Darn good double IPA. That is a good. I like counterweighted myself. Um, tonight I got a fat orange cat. It's called Walkabout. They actually delivered this to me. Like it, I think I put an order in at six o'clock at night, and the next day at like ten in the morning they were here dropping it, delivering it. Um, but it's a fat orange cat Walkabout. It is a kind of a sour, but it's made with passion fruit and pineapple. It's actually quite tasty. Uh, another friend of ours is really excited about getting his too. Uh, but this is uh, very like tropical, which is nice because it's about 18 degrees outside with a nice wind chill. So this is a nice, nice change up. Um, all right, guys. So let's jump into Super Bowl predictions, right? Um, we know the two teams, Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I'd hope we would know that. Um, so Brian, we'll start with you. What are your predictions? What are you kind of thinking you're going to see from the game? What do you, go take it away. What do you think? Ooh, I don't know. Where do you begin? Uh, one of the best memes I saw was. Uh, Yoda and Baby Yoda as the two stars of the Super Bowl, uh, just because you have you know the great wise one in Brady and the new up and coming superstar in Mahomes. This is I'd probably say dream matchup for the NFL. You know this is I don't think it can get any better than this. Um, and I actually think it's going to be a a really close game. I, I, I couldn't even tell you who's going to win. You, we got to got to make a prediction. Gun to your head. What are you, what are you picking? Tampa Bay taking Kansas City. I guess I would take Tampa Bay. All right. I'm going to go with Brady. He's got the – I mean, Mahomes won it last year. He knows what's going on. Brady just looks like he's going to do another Brady thing this year and bring the Bucks to the Super Bowl and go win. Uh, I just think what, – what can't he do? And it's in their home stadium. Like I just feel like if he's the one guy that's going to do that, yep, he's going to actually win it too. 
Yeah, that is a fun fact that this is the first time the Super Bowl has ever been played in the hosting team's own stadium. So that's going to be kind of cool for Tampa Bay. I mean, limited fans, I think it's going to be um, the fans are like vaccine folks. And I think it's medical personnel, which is really kind of cool um, to get some get some folks that definitely deserve a break and deserve a little four hour break from their stressful lives uh, as a thank you kind of for all the things we're doing. So, Rob, what uh, what are your predictions for? For the game, you like, and you got to make a pick. You can't, you can't yeah, say it's going to be um, close. I don't know, like Brian did. <laughs> no, I, I do think it's going to be close. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be high. It's tough. I think it's, it's going to play out the first quarter. It's going to be a lot of back and forth defense, and then they're going to feel each other out like a long uh, heavyweight fight. But I think it's going to be a, a lot of scoring in the second half. Um, it, you know, I think it depends on which defense shows up for the team, but I ultimately going to give the edge to to Kansas City Chiefs at the end. I think they're going to get the ball back and they're just going to drive and Tampa's just not going to be able to stop them. Brady will do his Brady thing. He'll put up 28 points, but uh, my prediction is going to be 31-28 Kansas City to finish it out. Okay. Well, I saw something funny, uh, I think it was yesterday, that said something about uh, when we said we wanted things back to normal, we didn't mean Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's one of my favorite oh, ones. I saw that one today. Or I think it was yesterday, but anyway, that's pretty funny. Um, I think if I had to make a pick, I kind of like what Brian said. I feel like Brady's going to do Brady things. He's got Gronk with him again. Um, I think he's just different, different dynamic this season. And I think they're coming, they're coming on at the right time. I think they kind of start out a little bit slow. Um, the team's kind of gelled well. They get Antonio Brown back, which he's not – I think with Brown not being the go-to guy, I think that helps a lot too because I think you've got Evans, you've got Goodwin. You know, um, Brown fits in nicely in there. Um, and he he hasn't been – from my understanding, he hasn't been that crazy this year. Like he was a big distraction in his previous teams. Hasn't been a big distraction. I think that's helped out. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Bruce Arians. I like Todd Bowles too. Uh, so I think it'd be great for Bruce Arians. I think he, ha- he has a ring with Pittsburgh, but this will be his first ring if he can win as a head coach, which would be really cool. Uh, obviously, I think we all kind of know what he did in Indianapolis. Um, so he's, he's a great coach. Obviously, I'm a fan of his from Arizona, but I, I, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay for mainly for Bruce Arians and the coaching staff. And I think, I think it's going to be... I think it'll be done midway through the fourth quarter. I think we're going to kind of know, so we can kind of enjoy the last part of the fourth quarter. It won't be a, I don't think it'll be a nail-biter. Uh, but, you know, I like Andy Reid, too. I like the Chiefs, but I, I think I'm just going to go with Tampa Bay on this one. Um, so, guys, one thing I wanted to bring up. So, Tam, Tom Brady has now brought his new team in his first year to a Super Bowl, right? He was with the Patriots, with Belichick. Everybody wondered if it was the system, if it was Belichick as the coach. I think we've kind of answered that question um, with Brady being in the Super Bowl, the different coach, different team, different location. But to both of you, like, what does Tom Brady need to do to prove he's the GOAT? Does he have to actually win the Super Bowl with, with Tampa Bay? Or if he retired right after the Super Bowl and lost or won, is that going to make a difference? Do you think he's got to win this one to just be the GOAT? Or do you think he's just established himself as the GOAT because he's made it to another Super Bowl with a different team? first year so brian we'll start with you on this one uh i think he already has that goat status uh i mean to go to nine super bowls uh and then here he is going into his 10th super bowl and he's only lost three times and i mean to say he's lost the super bowl three times is even a, a great feat but to win as much as he has 
I think it doesn't matter what he, I don't. I think the expectation isn't there this time. Where when he was with the Patriots, it was, oh, well, they have to win. They're the Patriots. It's Brady and Bilichek. Now he's with Tampa and he's gone this far and it's like, yeah, this that that was amazing. That was awesome. But I think even if he lost, they'd still say he had a good season as opposed to, you know, not being a success or a failure. Yeah, Rob, what about you? You know, I've always been like a Joe Montana has always been the greatest of all time. What guy do you want in the, the final two minutes or, you know, that final game? But you, you kind of got to give it to Brady. Everyone said he was a systems quarterback with Belichick, right? Oh, y'all, look at this. Uh, Castle, he took him to 11 wins. Brady's just a system guy. But I think he's proved that he's not just a system guy. Um, you know, he's doing a lot more on his own play calling this year. Bruce Arians have said it. And he's kind of given him the reins. And I think he's done a really good job. You know, they got the fifth seed and, and, and they won the games. They won the games they needed to win. So I kind of got to give it to Brady. And I heard a stat in the radio today. They said, if you don't believe Tom Brady's the GOAT, of all quarterbacks, if you take away all his Super Bowl touchdowns to Grant, Edelman, Randy Moss, and he named three other wide receivers in all the Super Bowl games, like if you take away his top six receivers, he still has the most touchdown passes in Super Bowl history. He has more than Joe Montana if you take away his top six receivers he's thrown to, which is pretty crazy. So that means, you know, not only just longevity, but He's done it with a, a handful of people. It's not like Joe where they want to run for four years in a row uh, or, you know, uh, had a little dynasty. He's been doing it for 20 years. So I think you kind of got to give it to the guy now at this point. Yeah, it's uh, kind of it's it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I'm, I don't really think he's got to do more to prove he's the goat. I think once he brought Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl, I think that was kind of enough for me. I think it's. It's been impressive what he did, but again, we, we talk about like a systems quarterback, but I think he almost needed to break away from Tampa Bay, or I mean from uh, New England Patriots to kind of <clears throat> prove almost that he was the GOAT because he had to do it with a different team so that there wasn't that statistic. Well, maybe he was just part of the quarter, you know, part of the system, right? Because like you said, you could put, you put Matt Castle back there. They put the other quarterback back there that's, uh, I think he's at Indianapolis right now, uh, Brissett, I think. Uh, and those guys succeeded well as well. So I think it, that was almost something like Tom Brady needed to prove. He got out there with Tampa Bay, even with a different coach, different different location, different players. It's not like he's had a couple of years to gel with these guys. He takes them in his first year. So I I don't think there's any argument on my end of who the GOAT is right now. Joe Montana's great. Joe Montana was great in the 90s. He did some, you know, he was amazing to watch when I was a kid. But I, I don't think there's any. I don't think we're ever going to see something like Tom Brady ever again, which is pretty amazing. So hopefully he'll. Uh, unless we see Patrick Mahomes doing it right now. Maybe That's we true. Start well, the second guess, Brady. You know, maybe he passes the torch here, and uh, Mahomes takes the reins and he starts winning a ton. You know, you, you don't know. I mean, anything can happen. But you know, it's funny. You guys talk about being the system. I mean, maybe Tom Brady is the system. Maybe what yeah. Tom Brady does and brings to the team propels them to win. Maybe it wasn't Belichick. Yeah, I mean, I think we had Bilicek. It didn't, it's not like Bilicek had a scrub back there. He had Cam Newton back there. So maybe it's a different – Cam's more of an option guy. But still, it's not like he had a, you know, a nobody quarterback back there this year. And, uh, well, to we've seen show Bilicek it. win without Brady. And when Brady was hurt or whatever, not playing, they would still win games. But was it what Brady brought to the team and what he instills in them? Even, you know, so whether he's playing or not, he's there. I think, yeah. I think that's what he brought to the table that – 
you know, that separates him from all the other great quarterbacks. You know, stripper away is, um, even without the Super Bowl wins, he won a lot of regular season. Like, he was still a great statistical quarterback. Yeah. And you see what happens with free agency now, right? So look at what happened this year. Were guys going to the Patriots to win a ring? So were they going there to, to win a ring with Belichick? Or were they going there to win a ring with Brady? Now you're seeing it. Gronkowski comes out. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Antonio Brown. They all follow Brady. They didn't go to they didn't go to New England. They went yeah. to Tampa. They went to Brady, not Belichick. So you make a good point, Brian. Yeah, and I think Antonio Brown's a good connection because I think he made that connection when he was in New England for a couple weeks, but he stayed with we stayed with Brady in his house, um, in his home. So he made that connection with him. And I think maybe it just didn't work out in New England, right? Like maybe Belichick was just too much for Antonio Brown. It was just too much where Brady kind of, you know. He knew what to do. He knew what to expect. And yeah, like Gronk, maybe Gronk was just exhausted by the, the Patriot system, right? It was just, it was too much wear and tear where now both of these guys are in Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians is kind of more of a laid back coach. He's still a great coach, but he's more of a laid back guy. So maybe that gels better, but then you get these, these guys that are, they come out of retirement, right? That are, <laughs> that are playing for Brady. So it's just pretty amazing. So anyway, uh, so obviously you guys, you guys are big Giants fans. I'm a Cardinals fan, so I have a little bit to contribute to this, but not much. But I wanted to hear your stories of where were you when your team won the Super Bowl. Now, I know you guys have three Super Bowls, if I'm thinking right, four. You guys have four, right? You guys have four. So I don't know. Just pick your favorite one, the one that you remember, because I think you might have been too young for the young, the earlier ones. But you know, you got the Eli years. You got the Phil Sims. You got the, uh, the year they beat the Bills uh, with Scott Norwood's kick. So... Rob, we'll start with you this time. What do you have like a little quick story you can tell me about your Giants winning your Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, you're saying I was a little too young for the '86. I don't remember it. Um, but the first year I started watching football was 1989 when San Francisco beat Denver Broncos. Uh, my dad took me to a Super Bowl party out by this boat club with my grandparents. So I really got into football. He got me a Giants jacket the following year. I stayed up and watched as many games as I could. I remember fighting with my mom on the Monday night game. Them in the 49ers was 7-0 each, or maybe 11-0 each. And it was a battle on Monday night. I think the San Fran won 7-3. So that was the season I first started watching football. And I begged my mom to stay up to watch the Super Bowl. And that was the year Scott Norwood missed it wide right, and they won. And I remember screaming running from the den to the couch, jumping up and down. My mom yelling at me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I missed it. He missed it. Flipping out. And that's when I got hooked on watching football and watching the Giants. And from then on, I, uh, I you know, just been watching it and just die hard. And funny story, I don't know how many years later it was, probably almost 10 to 15, JMU, my first day or first week, I found out I was looking at our convocation center. And Scott Norwood was a JMU alumni, so had a little crack of uh, cracked up at that one. I said, "Oh, Scott Norwood, I remember that guy." <laughs> That's Imagine funny. that. All right, Brian, what's yours? Do you have the same as the same Super Bowl, or you got a different one? You want to talk about one of the Eli ones? Uh, well, my, yeah. So I have the. I mean, my story would be pretty much identical to that with uh, the Giants in in ninety. Uh, but the the two most recent ones against the Patriots. Uh, I can remember where I was for both of them. Uh, it wasn't home. I was actually down in the city with uh, at my in-laws' apartment, watching the game, and 
I might have been the only one there that was actually paying attention to what was going on. And uh, I just remember when they won, the everybody's windows would open up in the apartment, and you hear just a rush of people parading around and screaming and yelling in the in the streets of New York City. And it was it was pretty cool to be in New York for that. Um, and then the the second one, the most recent, I guess, I was in Jamaica, and didn't even know if I was going to be able to watch the game. And found a TV and just parked myself in front of it and made sure that I was able to watch. And I, at that point, I didn't really care if anybody else was watching with me or not. Uh, we wanted to beat Brady one more time. Yeah, so let, let me ask you guys. So the Super Bowl that the Giants played the Patriots, it was actually in Arizona, but the Patriots were undefeated. Did you guys have any any thought that you would win? Was it like, we got a little bit of a shot, there's no way? Like, Rob, what, what was your thinking when you walked into that game? Was that Did you just have the confidence in your team? Were you a little skeptical? I think I was, I don't say confident, but I thought we can give them a game. I was at the game 17 where the Patriots beat the Giants. I think it was 38-35, and it was the most points the Patriots had led up. That was when Randy Morse was wide open on the right-hand side, and I remember watching him run down the sideline, looking and going, oh, no, he's open, and just watching Brady launch that ball in MetLife Stadium. Actually, I think it was Giant Stadium at the time. Yeah, I was still running it in. And uh, so going into it, they just their defense just looked good. They were the Road Warriors. They called them nicknames. So I just had confidence. I didn't think we'd win, but I said, it's going to be a good game. You know, it was like, again – Two heavyweight fighters fought it out in the first one. And I said, I think they learned a lot from the Patriots. And I think they're going to be that, that loss really is going to help them prepare for the Super Bowl now. And I did not think, you know, it was going to be as low scoring as it was because it was one possession each in the first quarter. But I had confidence that we could stay with the Patriots that, that year. All right, Brian, what about you? What, did, what, were your think, what was your thinking going into that? Obviously, you're at the in-laws apartment. In New York City, you're you're in the New York area. You got all the fans surrounding you. Proximity. Yeah, I mean, I think when I saw them get off the plane dressed in black, that they were there for they were there for the funeral. That's what they called it. When I saw that and heard them talking about that, I was like, okay, they they know they're gonna win. Let's let's do this. And it it was. I mean, it was a battle. Uh, They came out and you know took down the almighty Patriots. It was pretty cool. I, I had an old neighbor um, that he he was an older guy, big big time diehard Giants fan. Um, I told him I was going to go to Vegas, and I was backing out of the driveway uh, with my I guess my fiance at the time, and he basically went out, knocked up my window real nicely, and he's like, "Hey, can you put twenty dollars on the Patriots or the um, Giants to win the Super Bowl?" And this was a couple weeks prior to the Super Bowl, and I said, "Do you mean the NFC Championship?" And he goes, "No, no, no, the Super Bowl." I'm like. Okay, man, it's your $20. So I bought it for him. And I remember being so excited for him watching that game because he was just the guy. He had the oldest Giants hat, like faded, sweat marks, everything. Nicest guy. It was so cool because I remember giving it to him. I'm like, oh, that guy just lost 20 bucks, And they won. And I just remember thinking how great I was excited for him. Um, just because, I mean, it was great because, unfortunately, like a few months later, he ended up passing away. But I was just thinking... I got invited to the funeral and I met some of his kids and I was telling them like I made, they were like, Oh yeah, you're the guy that made that Super Bowl bet for me. He was so excited by that. I just, I don't know. I got a kick out of it. Like it was an old school giants fan. He was so excited. Um, but my, I guess my story is the Cardinals. So obviously the Cardinals got close in the Super Bowl. So I guess I will tell about my NFC championship 
story with the Cardinals because it's kind of a funny day. Uh, we were in Disneyland in California. It was actually my birthday. The Cardinals were playing the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in Cardinal Stadium. And the Cardinals, I think it was really close with like three minutes left. The Cardinals were winning, but barely. And I'm sitting there at the park getting text messages, getting updates. Then my mom had made us reservations to go to this like bayou room, which is where the Pirates of the Caribbean is, that restaurant that's in there. So she's like, okay, we had a set time. We went in there. And I was like, I couldn't get reception. This was, you know, whatever, the early 2000s. I couldn't get reception. I was like, all right, mom, I'm going to step out real quick. Just She's like, no, no, no. We spent all this money to get this nice restaurant. You're going to wait. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I walk out, you know, probably 45 minutes later after I've eaten, my phone is blowing up. And it's just like, we made it all they want on your birthday, blah, blah. And I remember just standing and just screaming so loud. And everybody's like, who is this guy? Like, I'm in California. <laughs> remember being, so I guess that's as close as I kind of, Felt, of course, the Cardinals made it to the Super Bowl. They lost the uh, Pittsburgh, but Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, scored what was touchdown. your feeling? What was your feeling in that last second touchdown there? What were you, what were your thoughts? Do you you praying he was just out? I really was. I was like, breath? no. I, I think I was just in denial. Like, no way he caught that right. And the Arizona papers the next morning had this like digitally enhanced photo of his foot, right? And it was like, no, it's barely touching the line. That shouldn't have been in. Um, I mean, at that point it was, it was too late, but you know, there was a score they let up right before halftime where the guy, I think it was Harrison ran it all the way back, um, right before halftime, which was a killer. Uh, but I, I was so excited. The Cardinals, I never in a million, a million years thought the Cardinals would make Super Bowl. So when they won it, I mean, when they made it, it was really exciting. Uh, I bought as much Cardinals stuff with the Super Bowl on it. Cause I just, I never knew if it was ever going to come back, <laughs> if they were ever going to come back. Uh, but you know, hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll get the joy that you guys had with their with your Giants four times. But I'll take one. I'll take one. I'm not even gonna get stingy. I'll take one. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, Rob said he's got a little <clears throat> trivia here. I want to do a little Super Bowl snacks, but I want to make sure we get Rob's. Rob's got some trivia for us. So let's get that trivia done. After we add some time, we'll we'll talk about our favorite snacks that we like at Super Bowls. So, Rob, we'll go ahead and let you. Uh, this is your. You're, you're going to be the ho- play host for the next few minutes. All right, I'm going to play host. Here we go. We're going to ask. Five questions each, real quick. <clears throat> and then I have a tiebreaker question if it's tied up after this one. The first question for each of you, I'm going to ask the two teams. So it'll be count for a half. So if you get one, you get the other team, it'll be a half a point. So maybe it'll be a tiebreaker there. Who wants to go first? I'll go. go ahead, All Brian. right, Brian, here we go. Brian, there are four teams that haven't appeared in a single Super Bowl. Name two of them. Um, geez, uh, Houston Oilers and I don't know. That's all I got. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Can uh, I steal that one? I know that. Can I steal that? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go back to you. How, how much does the, right. the, Lum, uh, the Lombardi trophy weigh? Ooh, uh, 35 pounds. Okay. <clears throat> Number three, what two cities have hosted the most Super Bowls? Give me one of them. Miami. How many chicken wings are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday? It's a high number. Think stimulus numbers type numbers. Uh, I'm going to go with 1.8 billion. And a final question. You're a tech guy too. 
might have given you a little hint. The most the most expensive Super Bowl ad was for what item? Um, I don't know. iPhone. Okay, iPhone. All it's right. Good. It's a good answer. I like that one. That's a good answer. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Let's go up to Nate. <clears throat> Here we go. Well, we'll come back to him. So, uh, two teams. There are two teams tied for the most Super Bowl losses to other. Is this Brian or is this me? Nate. Nate. Nate's turn. Buffalo Bills and Minnesota Vikings both lost four. What famous jeweler makes the Lombardi Trophy? I have no idea on that one. I do know the weight, though, but we can go back to that one if I could steal it. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, we'll say Jared because okay. that's the only jeweler I can think of. <laughs> Jared. Uh, Every kiss begins is... with K, Nate. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's a K, K jewelers. That's a good there one, you too. Go. K jewelers. I'll give you both. What city has hosted the coldest Super Bowl ever? Uh, Louisiana. <clears throat> okay, it's not a city, but we'll skip that one. How oh, many... I'm sorry. Just say, I... <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let that one go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Canada. Uh... <laughs> Canada should host one. That'd be cool. All right. Be That's a continent, right? Okay. How much do Americans spend on beer for the Super Bowl Sunday? Jeez, I don't know. How much Think stimulus. On... I'll give you that one again. Stimulus type numbers. I don't know. 1.9 billion. 1.9. Okay. Uh, final question is what is the highest score ever by one Super Bowl, one team in a Super Bowl game? Uh, Name the score. The team or the score? Team is, uh, both of you know it. Uh, it's the, I don't know the score. I know it was the San Francisco 49ers versus the San Diego Chargers Super Bowl. I just can't remember the total, 112, I don't know. Uh, I meant the single team, so that's all right. We'll give you so I'll say the 49ers then, I guess. All right, all right. So well, let's go back. So, Brian, uh, what teams haven't appeared in a single Super Bowl? You said Houston Oilers. That would be wrong. The Houston Texans haven't, but the Oilers are the Tennessee Titans franchise, and they have been in a Super Bowl, and you got zero in the other one. Uh Nate, know this one? Let's see. Nate, let's see the four. I just did the Texans. Who are the other? All right, three? I say Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, yes. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. yes, man. Good thing Brian went first. Uh, <laughs> and let's go Lombardi Trophy. Brian said thirty-five pounds. Nate, how much is it? Seven pounds. Seven pounds. We were way off. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two cities have hosted the most of balls. I actually for one, you got it right. Miami and New Orleans is the other one. So, got one of those right. Um, how many chicken wings are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday? Brian, you were pretty, not bad. You said 1.8 billion. It's actually 1.3 billion. So, you oh. were pretty close. I'll give it to you. Half a billion off. That's not too bad. And the you most could be expensive... in Congress with a half a billion off. <laughs> there you go. The most expensive Super Bowl ad was for what item? I tried to give you a little hint for it as a tech item. iPhone, good guess. Amazon Echo when it came wow. out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I would have so said you, iPhone, Brian, to make you feel better. I, I would have so probably Bri said iPhone. Bri Brian got one and a half. Let's give him half of the chicken wings one. Um, so tough one to beat, Nate. So let's go. Nate, what are the two teams high for the most Super Bowl losses? You said Buffalo, Minnesota. They are both wrong. They have four losses. The teams are New England Patriots and Denver Broncos with five each. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, number two, the famous jeweler that makes the Lombardi trophy is Tiffany, not Jared. 
He's Tiffany. actually oh, that's another. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a popular one. Tiffany's right. a pretty popular one, right? <clears throat> what city has hosted a call to Super Bowl? It's not Louisiana. It's New Orleans. But we'll give you half a point for at least All right, I'll the state that. right on that one. <laughs> I think I was just so excited because I think I felt like I knew the answer, but I said the state. How how much do Americans spend on beer for the Super Bowl? You said one point nine. It's one point three billion, the same as chicken wings. I thought that wow. was kind of funny. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So you said one point nine. We'll give it to you. Point six, point five off. Okay, we'll give you half one. And the final one, uh, what was the highest score by ever by one team? Super Bowl. San Francisco was right. It was fifty-five points. Now I'll, I'll throw one out there for Brian. Let's see if you get a little redemption. What team has played in four Super Bowls but has never held a lead? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Buffalo. Wrong again. Minnesota Vikings. There you go. I bet Nate was waving his hand. I don't want to give him another steal. <laughs> I knew that one, but I, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, he was well, like that kid in class holding his hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got another one. Pick me, pick so me. not bad. We got we to gotta give it to Nate with a whopping 1.75 out of 5. <laughs> we'll give him on that one. But those are some fun trivia, uh, trivia questions. I like the 1.3 billion for both beer and wings. So I got—I guess I got to say full disclosure. I actually was pulling up some trivia myself too, so that's why I kind of knew a couple of these answers. I think Rob and I kind of pulled from the same, maybe the same website, same. Yeah, it's got to be the same website. But Brian, I got all over it. it I got two for you, it. Brian. I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll ask Rob because I, I have the feeling Rob may have gone to the same website, so he may know these two answers. So we'll start with you. Um, let's see. Only once in the 20th century did a team fail to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. What team has not did? What was that team? What I mean, it was one game. It was one team that just didn't wasn't able to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'll give you a hint. It was an earlier time, probably before we were born or even watching football. If oh, that helps. Well, that that clears it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, You mean so? This was just one game that they've done this in. They may have been in other Super Bowls. They may have been in other Super Bowls, right? Right. This, okay. but this team was the only team that in the 20th century that had not scored a touchdown in their Super Bowl that they played in. Saying that it was a while ago, I'm going to go with uh, Eagles. Nope, that's incorrect. Rob doesn't. I'm going to say that? I don't know this. I do not know the shirt, oh. but I was thinking about it. I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs in the early Super Bowls. No, but you're close. It is one of the earlier Super Bowls. I think it was Super Bowl eleven, Miami. Miami versus Dallas. Miami was the only team, 20th century, that had not scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. All right, this is the last one because Rob took two of the other ones I had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, what about this one? Which player has won the Super Bowl MVP three times? It's probably obvious, but let's see if you know it. Uh, I guess Brady. Okay, Rob, what's your guess? Uh, I'm going to go Joe Montana just to throw a different one out there. Cause I don't think Joe, I think Joe was two, but I'm going to say Joe. It was Joe Montana. Joe Montana has won three of them. So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of an obvious, everybody's going to guess Brady. So that's why I kind of picked it. And it was, yeah, it was interesting I, to see I, it was Joe Montana. Yeah, I do it. I thought Joe won at least two. And I couldn't remember, I think Jerry won one. And I think that was the year you said they were playing the San Diego Chargers because he caught how many touchdowns. Um, well, he actually was playing but no, Steve, Steve Young, Young was in that game. Yeah, that was Steve yeah. Young. 
no, I don't know. I just, I just for some reason thought someone else had 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 gotten a, a champ, um, Super Bowl MVP that year. But no, all right. I'm glad we got Joe. All right, guys. Well, we're kind of winding down, but I wanted to get what is your favorite? I, I think we kind of did this last year with the brackets. So we're not going to do the bracket, but what's kind of like one of your favorite Super Bowl? things you've eaten on Super Bowl, whether it be pizza, wings, something like that. And if you can remember the restaurant, that's bonus bonus points right there. But Brian, what's what's your favorite, like, I don't know, what's a memory that you have, like the best thing you've ever eaten on a Super Bowl? Uh, well, being from New York, pizza is always a, a staple. I feel like pizza's always there. But uh, the Super Bowl going on, and it's, you know, getting into the like, second half, you're maybe you've already eaten, and you're always looking around for, for something to, to scrounge on, I love like bad pizza, like like Domino's or like Elio's or like some frozen pizza. Love it. Love that's definitely a go to. Nice. All right, what's yours? Or the one that you can remember, Robert? Every year we have a Super Bowl party at my parents' house, and the thing that just the gift that keeps on giving was a six foot hero from the deli. You get a half Italian half American and just slice that bad boy up. And you just, you must go back four or five times. And there's always a good foot and a half left over for breakfast the next day. Um, but I would say the six foot hero, you get an Italian, you get an American hero, get a couple of slices, you get a little snacks on there. I just love, I just love the six foot hero. That's my favorite. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, would, liked, would that be a wedge? Would you, would you say that? There's like no six foot wedge wedges. Oh, okay. We're we're, we're going to have to have a discussion about what what do we call these sandwiches because Brian's hell bent on it being a wedge and I don't I haven't found anybody else that agrees with that so we're gonna, we're going to have that discussion one of these podcasts but not tonight um, I think mine was it was kind of kind of what Rob was saying which is cousin I had a cousin subs I don't know if you guys ever had cousins the brand out here um, but they had like a long hope like they had the long sub sub was an Arizona thing they called it a sub. Um, you know, like a six foot so that was that was really good. But since Rob said that one, I think the other one was I always like mozzarella sticks for some reason with a good marinara sauce. Like that that seems to be one of my go tos for uh, for soup rolls. I don't know why. I just I think I just want to eat junk food, and that's something I like. Really, no rhyme or reason to it. Um, pizzas are good. I think I had a thin crust in Arizona that was really good. But all I don't think you can get wrong with a lot of them. I think we did nachos one day as a family. Um, kids like that because we could all share it. It's just ch- chips and cheese. Absolutely no nutritional value to it. Um, but all right, guys. So I guess we'll kind of wrap it wrap it down. If you have any, like, we'll give you guys a couple minutes to say whatever you want to say. If you want to talk about that baseball team that plays in New York that's not called the Yankees or um, anything you want to talk about What's golf. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I bet Rob will tell us. But, uh, Brian, we'll start with you. So just take a couple minutes. And, and this thing close us out? Uh, yeah, so PGA starts up this weekend uh, in uh, California. And that's exciting to see some PGA golf, new season, kind of moving on. Uh, looking at the schedule, see the majors. And uh, I think the Phoenix Open is next weekend. So that's always a fun one to watch. Always Super Bowl and, weekend, yep. Yep. And uh, just to have golf back, you know, it's, it's cold, it's winter, uh, golf watching on TV, waiting for the new season to come through uh, for us to be able to go out and play. Uh, we're going to try and get our league going so that that'll be interesting. Uh, that'll be definitely something to talk about. And uh, just, you know, Super Bowl weekend, championship weekend. It's kind of like a tradition. 
looking forward to it. Fun. All right, Rob, you got two minutes. What do you want to What do you want to brag about? Go ahead. Oh man, pitchers and catchers <laughs> reporting soon. Baseball, my second love after football, and then next love after that is my wife. So football, baseball, wife. That's the order. Um, Mets made well, I guess she a trade. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Uh, I'll find out tomorrow. But uh, you know, I say goodbye to Steve Matz. Traded to Toronto. He's a Long Island guy. I had high hopes for him. He just never really could could get that piece of together. He had he's had some brilliant games, and he had some games where he left four or five runs in the first inning. So I'm sorry to see him go, but you know, I think it was a, a smart move getting some prospects back from the Blue Jays. And uh, you know, Tanaka going back to Japan. I wish him good luck. I think he was a you know a good staple in that Yankees. That Yankees rotation for a while. The guy played tough. You know, we had a partial tear. A lot of guys may have taken a year off and gotten Tommy John, but, you know, he pitched pretty well for it, and he learned to be a smarter pitcher. So sorry to see Tanaka go. I always respected him. Um, so a couple of pitchers leaving New York that have uh, been with us for you know, seven or eight years we've been talking about him. So goodbye to those guys. All right. Well, yeah, like Brian was saying, PGA starting up. Uh, the first weekend is Torrey Pines in San Diego, California. One year was actually really cool. Uh, so the Phoenix Open I used to always go to, but my brother-in-law's birthday was like a week before that. So we went out to California, went to the Farmers Insurance Open, got on a plane on Sunday night, flew to Arizona, and then we were going to go to the Phoenix Open. And we had a few of the golfers, probably, you know, they were they were on the tour, but not big names, nobody would probably know. But we were chatting with some golfers on the uh, on the plane. That was cool, but Phoenix Open, definitely one of my favorite things to do in Arizona when I lived there. Um, the 16th hole is the one that's completely surrounded by fans and the uh, spectators. It's like a stadium. It's really cool. Well, obviously, it's a little bit different this year. I think it's only like three or four rows deep um, all the way around, obviously, for COVID. Uh, limited limited amount of people that can um, come see and spectate. But definitely, that's definitely fun. If you get a chance, watch it. Um, usually, it's it's just the big party. It's just a huge party. It's the most attended PGA event every year. We'll see if that happens this year again. But uh, gosh, the numbers are just ridiculous. We're talking like 100, 200,000 people per round when you're talking Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just, it's just crazy. And I could tell you, they used to play jokes on the fans and walk up there and say like, what do you guys think about Tiger Woods? Is he playing well? And these guys would be like, yeah, he's playing awesome, blah, blah. Tiger Woods wasn't even at the event that year. I mean, they these fans have absolutely no idea what's going on, but they were out there to have a great time. They will cheer for whatever golfer is in front of them. If they miss, they will boo them. If they hit it great, they will cheer them. It is just a lot of fun. Um, so I definitely highly recommend if you ever get a chance when COVID's over to go down there for a golf event, you got to experience that. It's just, it's amazing. So anyway guys all right well let's enjoy our super bowl and we will have a podcast after the super bowl so we can kind of dissect what happened uh if brady won in a tenth or won his next super bowl if Mahomes has two we'll see so for brian and rob and myself have a great evening because it's evening here have a great evening <laughs>